Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 204 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today, I speak with Rachel. She's the mother of a child who's done two artificial pancreas trials, one with Medtronic and the other with Beta Bionics. So you're going to get to hear about what it's like to be in the trial, what it's like to use the devices, and what she thought of the experiences. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Dexcom, Omnipod, Dancing for Diabetes, and Real Good Foods. I'll tell you more about the sponsors during the show, but you can always go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, dancing the number four diabetes.com, or go to realgoodfoods.com, and when you use the code juicebox, save 10% on your entire order. I'm really struggling for an episode title that describes what this is about and at the same time seems fun and, you know, breezy. I've never thought of anything as being breezy before in my entire life. I have no idea why I just said that. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and always consult a physician before making changes to your medical plan. Hey, if you're in the Phoenix area on February 23rd, I'll be speaking at the Type 1 Nation event for the JDRF. We're going to be doing a live episode of the Juice Box podcast, and I'll be doing a little Q&A later in the day. I'll be there all day long. Come find me. You need to register, so go to the JDRF Phoenix, Arizona webpage. You'll find it. You've got Google. Type in JDRF Phoenix, Arizona, and then find the Type 1 Nation event on February 23rd. Come on out and check out the podcast where we're going to talk all about being bold with insulin and everything that that means. Hi, my name is Rachel and my husband TD and I live in Florida. We have three boys and our youngest, Jasper, is our type one kid. Okay. And Jasper was diagnosed at how old? He was five. It was a couple days after his birthday as seems common sometimes. I hear a lot of a lot of that a couple of, you know, right around birthdays. We were camping in Florida, tent camping, so it was pretty hot and uh, we had gone to these springs where, you know, sometimes in the winter the manatees come there and it was summer, but um, there was just great huge fish. It was a lot of fun and he was drinking a lot and eating a lot, all that stuff in hindsight, but um, nothing that I picked up on at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, always, <laughs> always that guilt of looking in hindsight. Yeah, you feel like it's ridiculous, but you have that, like, I should have figured it out kind of feeling. But that's, you know, you did fine, obviously. He's doing great. It's two years later, right? Maybe, yeah. Maybe more, right? You're, I'm... Two and a, about two and a half. Yeah, and he um, got pretty sick when we got home from camping. I thought, oh, he has a stomach bug or something, and, you know got something sick while we were, while we were out, but eventually it got to the point he was doing that, that heavy breathing. That's really bad. I know now. And, um, he was in pretty bad DKA. We went to the emergency room that night. They sent us in the mobile ICU up to the children's hospital and, you know, he was in in the PQ for a few days. So you you got to the same spot we got to the, the, you can't ignore this part because it looks like it looks like they just got hit by a car and they're, and they're just, yeah. j- just grasping for life at that point, which they are grasping for life. But, but I yeah. mean, you, you, yeah. get, you know, you get to the point where you're like, okay, 
I can't write up an excuse for why my, why my kid's panting and can't lift up his head. I know. And it was nighttime when that started. It, we were, I had just put him to bed neck, on the floor next to my bed. Um, you know, so I could keep an eye on him because he had been like kind of up and vomiting all day. And when that started, it was about 10 o'clock at night. And, uh, you know, at first I was, had just put him in bed. I was thinking, okay, we'll go to, you know, a walk-in because of course it's a weekend, right? Always a, yeah. a weekend. And we'll go to a walk-in in the morning or something. And um, I was about to lay down and go to sleep also when I heard that breathing start. And I was like, ugh, <laughs> no, we're going to the hospital now. Honey, wake so, up. We broke the third one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did so good with the first two, but this one's definitely busted. We got to get to this one. <laughs> one needs to go in for some maintenance. Yeah. So luckily, um, the ER doctor that we saw at our local hospital knew right away, I think, you know. Yeah. And when he said it, I was like both surprised and not surprised. Um, I didn't really understand what it was going to, you know, mean for our lives, but I was thankful for the staff there and the ER doctor there. And of course the staff at the children's hospital, they were great. Well, you know, so I've never really spoken about this before, but I think you just alluded to it. Once your child is that sick, when someone, while you're waiting in that time at the hospital between you got there, you don't know what's happening and someone comes and tells you, I don't know about you. It sounds like, it sounds like maybe you were in the same space I was in. I was expecting some large bad news. I didn't know what it was, but right. I wasn't expecting someone to come back and be like, Oh, you just forgot to clip our toenails. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like it was, <laughs> right. was going to be something impactful and big, like that much I knew while I was sitting there. Um, because I had never seen a person that ill before, y- you know, then, so that wasn't that ill months before. A few days ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or right. Or two weeks ago, even. Are you in the Orlando area? Join Dancing for Diabetes for their fourth annual Bowl for a Cause. It's Sunday, January 27th from one to three. You're not the first person who said I was camping. What is it with you people and going in a tent for for vacation? I don't know. I know in a tent, too. It wasn't like we were in an RV or anything. We were in a tent in June in Florida. I don't know what we were thinking, but we went to go to the springs. It was really nice, and the water is so cool in the springs. And um, it was for his birthday. It was kind of for his birthday because there is um, this restaurant down by those the Blue Springs, and they have like griddles at the table and you go for pancakes and it's what they're known for. They like, you like cook the pancakes at your table and mm-hmm. of course the kid loves pancakes. So, you know, that last morning we were there, we were shoveling in chocolate chip pancakes and syrup and everything. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Because it sounds like a place you really wanted to go to vacation. And I had this experience where Arden was on, we were on vacation when Arden was diagnosed and many years later it, we were on a family vacation. So it wasn't just us the four of us, it was extended family and extended family is like, we want to go back there. We had such a good time. And I'm like, I never want to go back there again in my life. But I, but I went (laughs) and I was terribly sad the whole time I was there. Like I couldn't, the second time I went back, I kind of could not enjoy whatever anyone else saw that was good about that place. Did you, have you ever gone back or thought about going back? We have not gone back. I mean, I think I, I think I could by now, but, um, I'm not, yeah, it's not really at the top of my list. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's funny too, because when we did that, so Arden was diagnosed in 2006, you know, there was no good, there was no good technology back then. So, you know, when we went back, we were still struggling with diabetes. It's not like, it's not like I was like the guy I am now, like maybe, maybe that guy could go back there for vacation, but 
you know, back then, it's not like we were doing great or anything like that. I just was, I don't know, everything about the place seemed like a reminder that Arden had diabetes. We're going to jump a little faster. Like, usually people are pretty accustomed to me continuing the conversation in a very just, you know, natural way. But you're on for something specific, and I don't want to give away too much time. So, okay. I guess to ask, like, like, I'll just start like this. A couple years ago, he's diagnosed. When you leave the hospital, what do they give you to start with your management? Um, so in the hospital, they we were doing shots like with syringes, mm-hmm. um, and but when we left the hospital, they gave us pens, and that was actually really good because he hated the syringes. He pitched a fit every time, and the part that really broke my heart was when he had it. You know, he was thinking that when we got out of the hospital, it was going to mean that he was better, yeah. right? And we didn't have to take that stuff home with us. Um, luckily, he adapted to the pens much more easily and did not have a problem with that. And then, you know, I was, had gone back to work and was um, talking to some of my coworkers. And one of my coworkers said, oh, I have to put you in touch with, with my friend. Her husband and their two kids are all type 1. And, you know, you need to talk to her. So I did. I talked to her. And she said, my biggest piece of advice for you is get a Dexcom and Omnipod as soon as you can. <laughs> okay. Um, and so you guys did it on your own. You, you, you ventured out and, and we, um, you know, we were still going back to the, the CDEs for training and stuff at that point. And so we brought it up to them. I said, okay, I want a Dexcom. Like when can we get it? And we did, we got it within about a month. Um, they didn't give us, you know, any pushback on that. Okay. The pump, they made us wait the six months because of insurance you know, those really logical rules. Um, so it was, you know, maybe six, by the time he actually was on it about maybe seven or eight months later. Um, we said something interesting, right? That, I mean, I never considered before. I don't know why I hadn't, but you said it so matter of fact, I was like, yeah, how come that's never popped in my head for a kid? I'm in the hospital. I'm getting special hospital treatments. Those mm-hmm. hospital treatments aren't going to come home with me. Like this right. is something we do at the sick place. That's so interesting. And I'm assuming that the syringes just look very medical and menacing where the pens are a little more friendly looking, I guess, for the lack of a better word, right? And Yeah, I can't imagine the poke is all that different. Right. Um, so you know, I think it is kind of a mental thing. And um, he just, he was always pretty fine with getting shots with the pen. Um, it's so funny. Maybe if you would have started him with the pens in the hospital and switched him to the syringes, maybe you would have just been happy to switch to anything that wasn't that first <laughs> that wasn't associated with the hospital. Maybe yeah, it's so interesting. Anyway, okay. So, uh, but in this like short amount of time, you guys have been Omnipod and Dexcom users. Jasper's been on a couple of clinical trials for different closed loop systems. So, uh, my first question is, how did you get like? How did you become a, a person who could be? involved in the clinical trial? Did you just apply? Did you, how did you, how does that work? At the end of this ad, I'm going to tell you how to save $100,000. I'm incredibly happy to have Real Good Foods as a new sponsor on the podcast. Did you know that all of their foods are low carb, grain-free, gluten-free, keto-friendly, and diabetic-friendly? And that most of their items have as low as three to four grams of carbs per serving. They have chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust, cauliflower, Cauliflower? How do you say that? Cauliflower, I guess, right? Crust pizza, snack bite pizzas, and poppers. The poppers are made, they're like jalapeno poppers with chicken nugget. It's a chicken nugget jalapeno popper extravaganza, three carbs per serving. My mom loves the cauliflower. The cauliflower? Flour? 
Dear Lord, this is embarrassing. Cauliflower pizza, and my wife loves the enchiladas. You got to go to realgoodfoods.com to find out more and to place your order. Now, when you do, and you use the code JUICEBOX, you save 10% on your order. 10% is a lot. That's how you can save $100,000. All you have to do is order $1 million worth of cauliflower crust pizza. I said it. And use the code. And when you do, you'll save $100,000. Buy a $1 million worth of pizza. Save $100,000 with coupon code JUICEBOX. Realgoodfoods.com. They have great food. Some of it I can't say. But all of it you can get 10% off on. Now, if you don't have a million dollars and you spend like a hundred, then you save 10 bucks. I mean, you know, 10%. It's a sliding scale situation. Back to the show. Cauliflower. 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 You know what the problem is? I know a guy that says cauliflower and that messes me up. But I can say cauliflower. Yeah, I just started asking because for me, you know, and I know this is something I've I've heard you talk about, like you you're looking for that sense of control, right? There's so much about diabetes that's not in your control. It's, you can't fix it or make it go away for your kid 100%. So you want to control something. And so for me, that was just like educating myself and learning about the technology and, and learning about what was out there and the research and everything. So I started reading. I started listening to podcasts. I started, you know, um, getting on a few you know, Facebook groups. Um, and through there, I, I learned about like for the Friends for Life conference. And um, we've been to that twice now. And, I, you know, just really researching kind of the big companies and um, following them like Bigfoot and Beta Bionics and, and learning more about like Night Scout and how that all of that works. It helps me feel like I'm doing something, you know, because I just really want to do something. Once, once you kind of like, okay, this is my new normal and you're adjusted to it. Then you feel like, well, now what do I do? Like, can I quit my job and go work for JDRF? Like, can I, you know, what can I do? How do I help? Yeah. How do I help? You know, what do I do? So I, um, learned about, you know, some of the, the closed loop systems, hybrid closed looped and, and the different companies that are out there. And I um, started talking to, you know, when we went to our regular endo appointment, I talked to the nurse practitioner and I said, hey, this is something we're interested in. Like, who's your research person here? Who can I talk to and find out what trials, you know, our hospital is going to participate in and everything. Mm -hmm. So they gave me the contact, the name, and they also said, you know, we'll give them your name as well. And um, I just, I called like the next day I went and called us and I said, hey, this is, you know, my kid is, I think he was six at the time, um, and he's on a pump. And this, you know, we what's going on? We want to we want to be involved. So, you know, I just let them know that we were up for it. Basically. So you were basically like, look, any cool research you're doing, let me know about it because we might be interested in being involved in it. And your hospital, that's reasonably local to you, I imagine, is one of the hospitals who helps with this research. Right. I see. Okay. So, ah, so that makes more sense because. It is one of those things that no one, like everyone talks about, but even like you heard a couple weeks ago, Omnipod was on, and one of the questions from people was, how do I get involved in trials for your, you know, your closed loop? And they were like, well, you got to go to like, you know, clinicaltrials.gov or whatever the link is. And they they don't even 100% know how to get in, like how you get involved in it. So it is someone else, you think of it as 
the company doing this thing and you know in their kitchen but it's it's obviously a much bigger operation than that so you first of all were lucky enough to be near a hospital who was involved you were smart enough to just ask and they were interested in in setting you up with it so so the first time that you do it I really want to kind of be walked all through it. So the first one you did was for the Medtronic 670G, right? Yeah. So a couple of months after I had called and put our name down as, as being, you know, kind of an interested party. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is part of it, that we have a pretty large children's hospital with a big, you know, endo practice there. Um, and they they called, the, the nurse practitioner called back and said, hey, well, we have this study coming up and um, let's just see if he fits the parameters, you know, as far as I think there are certain requirements as far as like the age of kids they're looking for and you have to already have been pumping for a certain amount of time um, and, you know, have an A1C in a certain range and basically not have been in the hospital for DKA or anything recently. Um, So, you know, if he he fit in the parameters and they said it's for the Medtronic 670G, um, this was just be this was before, and I think now it is approved for the younger kids. But at that time, it was only approved for I think ages fourteen and up. So they were doing the they were trying pediatric to get their, trials. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. Okay. Um, ooh, ooh, wait. All right, I have a lot of questions now. Hold on a second. Okay. Slow down. <laughs> I got excited there for a second. Um, <laughs> I made myself laugh. I was like, I got so excited, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Um, so the first question is, is, is did this thing happen in a controlled environment? Like you, you don't go home with it, right? They, are you in a hotel or in a hospital or like, how does that work? Yeah. So that depends on, it it can, it can depend on the the age of the kid and what phase of the trial that they're doing for this one. We, they've did a week of what they called field trips. So for a week, the kids wore them with a doctor or nurse's supervision, but they didn't stay in the hospital. They went, to the zoo, they went um, out just around town to do different Life stuff. things. They went to the park, yeah, to do stuff and um, see how it worked in the real world, but with a doctor or nurse there, you know, to make to watch. So they did that for I forget if it was like four or five days in a row, um, and then we took it home. So we, you know, had to go in for training a couple of times. They showed us how it worked, but honestly. I feel like we got we got less training on it than the people who get it through their endos when it's approved and everything because I I know they get like the Medtronic reps do a lot of training and everything. Our nurses and doctors were kind of learning it along with Maybe. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they hadn't seen it before, you know, so they were kind of learning it along with us. Um, but they were there for our questions and there was you know Medtronic a special number you could call for questions there or to report issues and things like that. Um, but I did also get on some some of the Facebook groups for, for parents of users and stuff because one of the things about the the Medtronic CGM, the um, Guardian is what it is now with that system, you can't follow it, right? It's not like Dexcom. There's no like Dexcom. There's no there's no follow. So we had to you know set up Night Scout and stuff like that. Um, so we kind of did that part ourselves, but um, we did that and we were on it for I think it was about four to five months that we kept it. Now there wasn't um, like a doctor living in your house the whole time. No. Nope. nope. We um had to go in 
we had to either go to an appointment or have a call-in appointment every two weeks. So we were either going in, you know, basically once a month, he had to get blood drawn a few times. Um, and, or we would, you know, just, we would have a, a call with one of the nurses and just go over, you know, every, the, the data and, and everything and, mm-hmm. and how it's going. Um, and so then they, at the end of the trial, we were going to be allowed to keep it until it got commercially approved um, or we could return it. Oh. And we returned it. <laughs> <laughs> That's telling, but we'll get to that. Um, so how did Jasper see this whole process? Was it like a bit of an adventure to him or did he, did you, I mean, how do you sell it to like a seven-year-old? Were you like, you're, yeah. helping, you're helping people and yourself or were you like, hey, they're going to pay, by the way, do they pay you? Exactly. Yeah. So a combination of, yes, he did see it as an adventure. Um, they, you do get a stipend. It's not a lot of money, but it was like a, about, you know, $25 for a visit when you had to come in. It's supposed to cover your gas and your time. Um, but because he had to get blood drawn, I did have to bribe him with some of that money. I was going to say. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, so he got some Legos out of it, you know, and we did, we explained like this, this is something you can try out. It might be something that you love. And even if you don't, like it's going to be help other kids mm-hmm. who might, who it might be really good for. Um, and so he was all on board. And then, I mean, his favorite part was in the beginning when they did those little field trips, because he was with a group of other type one kids and going to they the got zoo. to, you know, yeah. go do, yeah, go do fun stuff together. So he really liked it. Well, of course, because when you guys take him out, you throw him in a tent and he gets diabetes. So he's happy to, <laughs> he's happy to go with other people wherever they're going. Yeah. Maybe he'll have a better time. I'll go with the doctor, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, how much effort and time did being in a trial take? Like, was it a job to you? Um, the, the first part was a lot of work. I had to take a few days off of work because the – you know, sometimes the training, some of the trainings were the initial ones, especially were like three or four hours. And we, you know, the hospital is about a 45 minute drive from us. So, um, I took some time off of work here or there, or my husband did. He, my husband actually took him on all of the, those field trip days in the beginning. Um, cause I had something else booked that week, but so we kind of traded off and it, it was a, a you know, a little bit of a time commitment there. Mm-hmm. Once we were home with it, it wasn't as, as much, um, you know, to kind of go through the, the rest of the trial and do the follow-ups wasn't as intense, but we did have to commit, you know, the time. And that's something they tell you up front, like there's going to be this much time and you're going to have to commit to it and kind of follow through. I mean, you, you can always end the study on your terms, like if you don't want to do it anymore, but they're definitely, of course, looking for people who are hopefully going to Follow through. Follow through, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about it like from up high first, like a, a wide view. Being on a closed-loop system, yay or nay? Is it a thumbs-up or a thumbs-down overall? Long-time listeners knew I was going to put an ad right here. I'll get right to it, in and out. Omnipod, the only tubeless insulin pump in the world. Arden has been using it since she was four years old. She is 14, about to turn 15. We love it. We have amazing success with it. It is tubeless, so you can swim or shower without losing access to your insulin. Do you play a sport? Does your kids play a sport? Do you just not like having something tethered to you? Omnipod's the way to go. It is small and convenient and self-contained. You use your personal diabetes manager. 
to give yourself insulin. It is not connected to you. It is wireless. Nothing hanging from you anywhere. Not on your belt. Not in your bra. No tubes running through your shirt and down your pants and wherever else tubing goes. Tubeless. That's what tubeless means. No tubes. Here's the greatest part about Omnipod. They are very willing, not just willing, but happy and excited to send you a free no-obligation demo. No-obligation means you don't have to do anything if you don't want to. Free means it doesn't cost you any money. You go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. You put in a tiny bit of information about yourself, and the next thing you know, it shows up in the mail. Then you take it out, look at it, feel it, touch it, hold it, maybe take a selfie with it, and then you try it on and wear it and see what you think. Perhaps you'll agree with me and think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, which is an old saying that I think only old people understand because I guess pulling bread apart with your hands was not that much fun. And maybe you won't, but it'll be up to you. That's the best part. You have choice. And a free demo is a good way to find out what you think. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juicebox. The link's to your show notes or juiceboxpodcast.com. Being on a closed loop system, yay or nay? Is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down overall? Wow, well, long pause. <laughs> I'm gonna have to leave the long pause in during editing. Okay, uh, go go ahead. Like, what what were your pros and cons? Uh, oh, first of all, let me cons. yeah, but let me ask you a question first. Are you allowed to talk about this? I'm not gonna get you in trouble, right? Yeah, no, I asked. I I did ask. I mean. I don't think I know anything proprietary. Okay. And I, that was one of the things I asked, you know, in the beginning, like, am I allowed to talk about this on social media? Can I post on my Facebook that he's in this trial? And they said, yeah. So it's so funny. Medtronic tries to get on this show once in a while. And I kind of just, I'm like, I don't know anything about it. And I don't know how to like get involved in the conversation. And now they're going to be on kind of, and you're about to say something not nice. I think. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, okay. So maybe I shouldn't ask overall about, artificial pancreas. Let's keep it specific to this experience. The Medtronic 670G. I have heard from people, I really love it. And I have heard from people who I think have been on other products that they're like, I don't know, it's not for me. And so you come from an experience of Omnipod and Dexcom. Do you think that tainted your experience with the the 670G? In a way, yes, because the same, I was, you know, like I said, I had joined some, some groups to, you know, get support from other parents and stuff. And there are people that just raved about it and loved it and everything. I, I did feel at the end it was not for us, um, partly because of, you know, not having the, the ability to follow. We did set up Night Scout, but there's, you know, it's own, there's its own drawbacks to, to that. Um, the sensor was accurate. But because of the safety features that it needed to have in order to operate the closed loop, we were doing so many finger checks. So many. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't at all like, you know, no calibrations and things like that. It was at least three or four calibrations a day. And then sometimes you would just get into what they call the loop. It's not a good thing, not a good closed loop, but like a, a stuck loop where it's asking for a calibration and you give it one and it's like, wait 15 minutes. And you know, all the, even if your numbers are actually matching, it's just not accepting them. And it, it's really, it can get really frustrating sometimes. Well, yeah, because, um, because most of the idea of this is less, you're trying to make less involvement, right. not more involvement. <laughs> right. And I felt like it was more involvement. Um, it was, you know, 
I think also if it's different having it on a kid mm-hmm. versus if you were wearing it yourself, because then every time I wanted to bolus him or check what his number was on the pump, I had to go and find him and find the pump, you know, unzip it from the pouch or whatever and, and t- do it, you know, it touched the buttons on that are attached by tubes to his body versus what I was used to, which was like, you know, walking by him with the PDM and being waving it in his general direction. Right. Um, so, yeah, I know. And, and not only that, I guess, but, you know, with Dexcom, if you're share, you, you have the follow and the share, then you, you, they can be upstairs or downstairs or somewhere out back and you just look at your phone and you're like, okay, this is his blood sugar. I thought we were going to do something right now, but it turns out everything's fine. And it's that like, look in, you're done, it's over. Or, you know, a brief look in, he does need insulin. And then, but, but yeah, I get your point. Like you have to go find the thing with the number on it and that thing's attached mm-hmm. to him. And, and yeah, no, it's, it sounds like a little thing until you do it every 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think if it was you wearing it as, you know, the person in control of, of it was also wearing it, it might be different, but then you're just looking down. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. And so. Uh, so the way that and and let's be clear for people who don't know the Medtronic 670G isn't approved. It is approved. It's on the market. It's you were doing a a trial for under 14. So yeah. there, it's not like this is a this isn't a thing that they're still perfecting. This is a thing that they sell. So this is your experience is with is with what they have. Um, okay. What about like at a meal time? That's going to be what everybody's thinking about. Like, was it like could he just eat? Those, you know, could you have gone back for chocolate chip pancakes and his blood sugar not spiked because you were using the closed loop? No, uh, you still had to enter carbs. Um, and, you know, you still would have, so you still were definitely counting carbs and things like that with the Medtronic. Um, and it, you know, it did work on, it would give him more insulin. You could see the microboluses. You could, you know, take a look and see where it was adding insulin if he was going high. Um, but it didn't always keep him from spiking. And one of the things that we've always struggled with in in his care is he spikes at night. As soon as he falls asleep, you can see on his graph, it just shoots up. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can always pinpoint on his graph, like when he, what time he fell asleep and it did not control those nighttime spikes either. Um, and sometimes what would be really frustrating is because you could give corrections on it also. You could go in and try to give a correction, but sometimes it would recommend he'd be at like 300 and it would recommend no correction because it, because of the insulin on board, it had been microbolusing him this and, you know, I was like, yes, but it's not working. He needs more. Like, you know, it didn't, it wasn't taking into account. I don't think the, um, this is me guessing. I don't know their algorithms, but it didn't feel like it was taking into account the direction of the arrows, you know? So, to at least that—that's how I. I always feel like if I if I see a, an up arrow or double up arrow, I'm going to be adding attacks to that insulin, you know, to that correction. Like whatever the correction is supposed to be. If there's an up arrow, it's getting you know 25% more or something like that. Look at you, so, you coining a phrase, an arrow tax. I like yeah, it. An arrow tax. Yeah. I've heard people say like a carb tax for really carby foods. You know, so it's like an arrow tax. And uh, I don't. I, didn't feel like that was maybe included in the algorithm. I don't really know, but he did still spike at the, you know, at, at times. And it would be frustrating when you couldn't give a bigger correction mm-hmm. without, you could do it if you take him out of auto mode and go back into manual. Then what's um, the point of that? Right. Yeah. Then you're just, 
wearing a pump. Because here's my thought. I'm sitting here thinking, well, auto mode's supposed to stop the 300 blood sugar, but it hasn't, so it didn't work. So now I'll take him out of auto mode. Now I'm back in the same game I was before, except now he's on a tube pump, and I can't see his CGM data remotely. So you felt like you went backwards, I guess, when, yeah. when it wasn't working. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we oh, tried sure. it because yeah, it was an ex- a good experience and it was a chance for us to try some a different pump that, you know, mm-hmm. it's to, just to have that experience and maybe we maybe we would have liked it. I know some of the families did keep it at the end of the trial. Yeah. Um, so definitely was worked for, for them. But, um, and I, I'm glad we did it, but we decided... We did decide to give it back at the end of the trial. What was the target for the when it was in the in the auto mode? What was it trying to get his blood sugar to? It didn't really. I don't remember if it told us, but it 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 wasn't like something super low, like a hundred. Um, it was probably like one. I think one forty is what they expected the average to be. I don't know if that's the target, but that's what they expected. Like the average to be. Yeah, that's disappointing. Um, it, it, it really is. If, if I think that in any of these systems, if they don't make the target user definable, for me, I don't really care then. You know, like, you know, Arden's, you and I are talking on a school day, um, but Arden's sick. So she's home, yeah. she's home from school today. She's sleeping. Her blood sugar is like 78, and I'm thrilled. Like, like that's, you know, uh, you know, she's going to be about 85, and I think in the next 20 minutes while we're talking, and, and that would be my goal. I'm not bolusing an 85. Like, don't get me wrong, but I'm yeah. happy that that's where she's at. So, how much does being on close like so? Here, let me go back a little bit. Before you start the trial with the Medtronic, your Omnipod and your Dexcom. What were you, what were your goals for Jasper's blood sugar? Well, I you know I was always working him towards you know that like kind of 120, but um, at his school, he does, he doesn't have a school nurse. His teacher does all of his care and she's wonderful. She's amazing. Um, but I never really pushed his high alarm or his, his you know, the high threshold down too much because at school I didn't want to put too much of a burden on her or have his alarm be going off, you know, too frequently. And that was something I, you know, kind of struggled with, um, trying to find that balance of like, okay, when is it high enough that I'm going to want him to get a bolus, but not so high that it goes off just because, you know, he just ate lunch or something. Um, so I think at school it was like 160 and then, you know, at, at home I would lower it, but that's, I wish Dexcom would add that as a feature, by the way. What would you like to having- see? Multiple, multiple high thresholds, like multiple profiles, multiple thresholds. Like, so a, can, like a school day profile in a home yeah. so you wouldn't have to change it back and forth. Yeah. They're, you know, all these companies that I talk to at least, they, they are very focused on the idea of making things more definable. Um, I actually spoke again to Brett Christensen from Omnipod the other day, and we went back over that idea that we talked about a couple weeks ago in the in the episode which, by the way, I don't know when yours is going to go up. People might be like, what's he talking about? It was like episode, <laughs> yeah. around episode 200. Um, but where one of the, you know, one of the people who, who sent in a question for Omnipod said, I really think I would love it if I could send a bolus suggestion to my kid. And then all they had to do was accept it or decline it. 
you know, and so the yes. idea of like my maybe my son wouldn't know how to bolus for lunch, but I would know, and so I can see his Dexcom dad, and I want him to have a you know, a, a seven unit um, bolus where he gets 50% of it up front, the other 50% over an hour. And there's a temp basal increase a 30% for two hours and whatever like crazy thing you're thinking of. Can't I program that send it to him as a suggestion. And instead of him having to type it in, which is the disconnect for children a lot of times, because yeah, they don't know decimal points, <laughs> all, all that, that stuff, right? Yeah. And couldn't he just say, accept, like mommy sent me a, a bolus, I'm going to accept it. And it would just happen. And when, when I saw the, the suggestion from the public, I was like, that's brilliant. And yeah, then, that's amazing. And, right. And then I sent it to him and he's like, wow, that's a good idea. And then we actually followed up and talked about it again. So th- those kinds of ideas that come from real users, th- that's the stuff even maybe they can't think of, you know, they're not in our right. situation. Um, and so I don't know. I just, it, it seems to me that, what Medtronic has going for it is that it's first. It got out the gate first, but it didn't have the opportunity to go through this more thoughtful process of like, well, what do people think? They were just like, we, we're going to get this thing out in the world. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're a person whose blood sugar is, you know, 250 all day and you just don't know what to do, then this thing would probably be an incredible you know, improvement for you. And in that, yeah. in that situation, it's absolutely fantastic. But even when you tell me that you're shooting for like 160 at school, last night, Arden's blood sugar like jumped up out of nowhere uh, around, <clears throat> excuse me, around 1 a.m. And it went up to 170. And in my mind, I was like, oh God, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't like, oh, 170, yeah. that's not bad. I'm going to go to sleep now. I was like, I have to, I'm going to get this back down now. And so if you're a person who's thinking about it like that, then this closed loop is not in this specific one in your, in your experience. It's not what you're looking for yet. And so right. the hope's got to be that moving forward, you know, and I'm, I'm pinning my hopes on Omnipod, but that they make it user definable, that it has a target and that their algorithm is shooting for something. I mean, even if, even if we get a system that overnight can keep your blood sugar steady, but during the day needs more involvement, even I think that would be an amazing first step. But, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just sort of, I don't know how I'm thinking about it. Um, it was, it's very interesting to hear because can I ask you, you must've like on day one where you, what did you think was going to happen? Did you, were you like, wow, we're going to strap this gear on and his blood sugar is going to be 95 for the rest of his life? Like, is that, because don't you <laughs> no, think that's what people think? No, I knew it was going to be higher. I knew it was going to be, you know, like a, probably around 130, 140. I was hoping that it would be more steady and I was hoping that we would be able to sleep through the night, you know, more often. Um, and sometimes we did, sometimes we did, but not, not all the time. And there was definitely, I remember one night very vividly where we were stuck in that calibration loop and I must've tested him like 17 times. Mm -hmm. I think I counted the test trips the next morning, you know, trying to get him back into auto mode before school the next morning so that he could go to school in, in, in auto mode. Um, and it was, so we had some frustrating nights like that, that, maybe soured me on, you know, the good parts. <laughs> the good parts. 
my husband, he makes a good living. Um, he's very handsome. He, he does come home every day and poo right in the middle of the living room floor, though. We're trying to overlook it, but it seems to be what he does. Like, it, it, I listen, there are some things you can't overlook. And right. so, right. And, and so <laughs> I just inadvertently um, drew a line and said that the Medtronic poops on your floor, but I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't mean that. We're not saying that. Yeah, no, yeah, no one's saying that. Uh, so, okay, so you have that whole experience. It lasted for a few weeks. You gave the Metro. Were they like, hey, would you like to keep it? And you're like, no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Did it seem to crush them a little bit when you said no? No, no because it wasn't, we never dealt with the Medtronic people directly. It was it's our nurse at the, okay. at the hospital. So, okay. and he was great. Yeah. How surprised or not surprised was the nurse when you gave it back? Um, I don't think he was surprised because I, you know, I reached out to him a lot when we were having different issues because they helped us report some of the the problems that we would have um, mm-hmm. with the sensors or whatever. So, you know, he he knew some of the problems and the frustrations that that I'd had already, and so I don't think he was surprised. But um, I know I know a couple of the families kept it. I don't know exactly how many out of the group, but. Um, some gave it back and some kept it. Well, again, if you're, you know, if you're a person who is just it, it, not capable, haven't found the answer yet to your blood sugar, it's probably a huge benefit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I spoke to someone privately a few weeks ago who was in their 20s and their blood sugar was just, I, they sent me the graph. It was like, it was like 60, 400, 60, 400, 60, 400, say all day long. Yeah. And, and, and they're like, That's I don't know what, exhausting. I, yeah, I don't know what to do. And I was like, how long have you had diabetes? It was like, like 18 years. I was like, wait, what? You, you know, and just, it just for, they couldn't figure it out, you, you know, and, and that's completely reasonable by the way, yeah. because as I was speaking to them, they were doing the things they were told to do by their doctor. They mm-hmm. weren't, they weren't like ignoring it. They were putting a ton of effort into it and they just kind of couldn't, they couldn't wrap their head around whatever it was that needed to be done. And I think I talked to them for 40 minutes on the phone and the next day, you know, never went under yeah. like 90 and didn't go over 140 and the next day had a bagel. So you do just need to understand what you're doing. And, and, and once, but if you don't, again, if you don't, and you don't find that information somewhere, this is a huge help for you. Uh, it's just not, it wouldn't be for me and, and it doesn't sound like it was for you. Um, okay. So undaunted. Undaunted, Rachel. Be a glutton for punishment, I'm going to go off and say. I'm just guessing because I really don't know this. The hospital called you again and said, hey, would you like to be in another trial? Is that what happened? Yeah, well, right at the – actually, like, while we were giving the Medtronic pump back, they offered us another study, which was actually a low-carb study. Um, and they wanted – you know, they offered to get us information on that. And I looked at the information, but that one I decided – not to do because at that time I was a little concerned about Jasper's weight. He hadn't gained weight the last couple of appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I, but I did talk to him about it. I said, Hey, look at, this is what you would have to do, you know? And he, of course he's like, yeah, I want to do it because he's thinking Lego money, right? <laughs> Lady, there's a um, Lego set I need. I'm willing, <laughs> feel free to sell my hair. <laughs> I said, I said, okay, let's try it at home. We'll eat low carb for a couple of days and see, you know, what you think. You. And I don't yeah. think he lasted the day. So, um, it was just going to be, I felt like it was going to be a lot of work on my part as well to switch everybody. I mean, I know <clears throat> some people love 
low carb and it works for them and that's great. We don't particularly focus on it as a family. Um, and I would have been a big change. Like it, be a, it would be a big change. And I didn't, I would, like I said, I was a little worried about his weight at the, that point And I said, you know, I don't really want to do that, but I said, keep us in mind. I knew beta bionics was coming up because mm-hmm. I had, um, introduced myself to Ed Damiano at a, one of the friends for life conferences. You know, he was, he was there to give us update and everything and was talking to people on the floor and, um, said, hi, you know, I, I'm from Boston, so I use that as like my little intro. And you know, <laughs> Rachel, and, can, do I have to call this episode <laughs> "Creepy Rachel"? I mean, <laughs> yeah, like hi, you know, I kind of wear my way in there and said, "So, when are you having uh, when are you having trials, clinical trials for the kids?" You know, and I, um, he because yours med- can't be worse than the Medtronic, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, actually, this was before. This was the first Friends for Life we was. So this was like two years ago and I was before even the Medtronic trial, but I knew that at some point they were going to have pediatric clinical trials for beta bionics at our hospital because he mentioned our, our hospital Mm -hmm. as one of the locations. So I told our nurse practitioner, no, we don't really want to do the low carb study, but keep us in mind for beta bionics. I thought it was still going to be maybe another year away, but two weeks later, one of the nurses approached us. We were at, um, diabetes camps that the ADA puts on and the nurses, and the CDE team are usually there. And um, one of the nurses approached us and said, you know, hey, somebody is going to come by at the end and talk about what trial coming up. Do you want to, can't tell you what trial it is, but, you know, do you want the information? So I said, yeah, we'll be there. Um, and so we spoke to, it was one of the doctors from the hospital, and, you know, she mentioned that it was going to be another closed-loop system. She didn't say the name, but I like, this Had is it. Had a feeling, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we signed up for that and, um, that one was, so that was this past summer. Yeah. Let me, let me say this was back in like June or July of 2018. And I'm actually proud of myself because I don't plan anything for this podcast, but we actually planned for you not to come on until after you were done with beta bionics. So I started talking to Rachel back in the summer. It's January now of 2019. And, you know, she had had this experience with Medtronic already, but we were like, let's hold off and let you get through this other experience and do this. So I hope everyone appreciates that it's like <laughs> seven months worth of effort went to bring you this information uh, uh, from Rachel. Hopefully the information about beta bionics will be better than the information about Met- get you a little more excited than the Medtronic one. But, but uh, hey, I'm just saying, like I, I, you know, I'm not always not planned out is what I'm trying well, to get you, at. you planned it. And Thank although you. you did that email me and you're like, how come you're not scheduled until January? I forget. <laughs> well, okay. So good point. Let's tell them that we planned it up front. And then once you set yourself into the schedule, I didn't remember why it was that far. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So but hey, credit yeah, for where credit is. I'm going to take half credit on this one. Okay. And, okay. And, and so tell me a little bit about what beta bionics is. I know it's, um, it's Ed. They're up in Boston. They've been working on it forever. It's had a couple of names over the years, I feel like. Was it I Let It one time? I'm about to tell you a 100% true story about Dexcom from just last week. I received an email from a mother of a small child. She showed me the kid's graph. His blood sugars went from 60 to 400 and then back to 60, then up to 400. It was up and down and up and down. I looked at the graph. She and I spoke for a few minutes, made a couple of adjustments. Three hours later, we had the kid's blood sugar under 200. Two days later, 
his blood sugar never went below 70 or over 130. How did I do that? I don't live with them, I don't know them, I couldn't see the food they were eating. I was just looking at the data from this child's Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. Imagine what you could do if you had that information for yourself or for your child. You could see, oh, I put insulin in here, but it didn't react the way I expected it to. So I'm gonna put it in a little sooner next time. Maybe I'll put it in a little later. Maybe I'll use a little more. Maybe I'll use a little less. That's what you can figure out with that data. You listen to the podcast, you understand the ideas. Now you have to have the information to make those decisions with. You go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox and get started today. I'm telling you, I wish you could see this graph. 60, 400, 60, 400, then bang, down to 200, then bang, down to 130. It's not magic. It's not at all. It's just understanding insulin and having the information that Dexcom provides. I don't think I can strongly enough recommend the Dexcom G6. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Try it today. The pump is called the Islet, mm -hmm. I-L-E-T, and the company is Beta Bionics. Um, and so they have, you know, been working on this closed loop and what's unique about their system, um, which we haven't ex got to experience yet, but we are supposed to still coming up because we're, we're really not done with the trial yet. I'll explain, but um, it's a dual hormone system, meaning that it has a stable glucagon as well as insulin. So the part that we've done already was insulin only. Mm. Um, and the part that's still coming to be trialed will be the, the dual hormone. And um, what we've done so far, so what we did back in July was only a two-week trial. So it was sort of like that first week that I talked about with Medtronic where we just did the field trips and we had a doctor there the whole time. Yeah. We did something like that, but we did it for two weeks. One week where the kids were wearing the eyelet and one week where they were wearing their regular, doing their regular care, whether that was a pump or MDI. Okay. Um, and so they um, had a great time. This was a really fun group of kids. He made some good friends and, and the families all, you know, it was just like giant big field trips. Um, the nurses, everybody was, was fantastic, but the, the purpose of that part of the study wasn't really to get like pretty flat CGM lines and make it, you know, perfect blood sugars. In fact, what they were doing is they were really doing everything they could to push the kids out of range. They fed them pizza. They fed them Mexican food. They gave them popsicles and cupcakes. They ran them around on the, at the zoo, at the skating rink. They gave them tennis lessons. I mean, they were all over the place. Okay. Busy days, every day for two weeks. And what they were doing was just seeing if the islet would keep them in range or bring them back in range without a lot of interventions from the user or the, the caregiver. Okay. Let me paint a picture first. The eyelet is their kind of proprietary pump, right? And mm -hmm. then is there a CGM involved? Yes, it's a Dexcom. It's a Dexcom CGM. Okay. Yeah. So their pump, Dexcom CGM, eyelet's tubed, right? The eyelet is tubed. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm picturing it in my head now. I, I know yeah. I've seen it in the past. And so you guys are two weeks in a row. Again, it's like sleep. It's like camp you don't sleep away at. I mean, I heard you say tennis lessons in there. So, yeah. so okay, they've got you running around. They're trying to, they're trying to push the limits of, of what they've got set up. Did, mm -hmm. did this work better than the Medtronic? 
I felt like it did. Yes. Um, I, they, we didn't wear them. Uh, we did, I mean, we did keep them on, you know, overnight. Um, and so once they had it and then they were being followed remotely by the, the nurses and the doctors and the beta bionics team, all that Dexcom data was, was going, you know, to them as well. And you'd get a phone call if the kids were out of range mm-hmm. too much. Um, so I felt like it, it did because he still, you know, I said before was he had those nighttime spikes that are the bane of our existence, yeah. but, and he still had them. Um, but the eyelet would bring him back in range without any intervention from us. You can't correct on it. There's no correction mm-hmm. feature. So you just let it do its thing and it would bring him back in range and then he would stay steady the rest of the night. So at least for that part, there was less effort and intervention um, from us. There are also no counting carbs. Um, you just say if you're having like a small, medium or large meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that was really kind of a revelation because we did, yeah, we were having dinner one night and normally I would weigh out a lot of his stuff or, or portion it and just try to eyeball things to get, you know, an idea for, for the carbs. And I think he wanted a second serving of watermelon or something. I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't have to weigh this. I don't have to yeah. even tell the pump or anything. So just that a little change like that was, was pretty cool. Um, they, for the purposes of this study, they didn't want us to pre us and they didn't want us to announce any snacks or things like that. So I feel like if you were allowed to do those things, you'd get a little bit better results in terms of being in range. But like I said, they were just, they were trying to push it. Mm-hmm. They wanted to see like what it, what it could do, you know, in real life with kind of messy user interface kind of thing. Like the user, you know, not with being you super putting very to, little effort into yeah. like making it work, just seeing what it, it accomplishes on its own. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and we were using it at Dexcom, but they are also running trials, I think with adults on the, What's the implantable one? The Sensionic. Eversense. Eversense. Ever yeah. I don't know. Um, okay. So, how about lows? Did he experience any lows overnight with because they were running them around like that and doing all that stuff? Is how did he that didn't come? really experience lows overnight? Um, he would sometimes experience lows um, when he was running around, you know, actually doing the mm-hmm. the exercise and stuff like that. He had a couple, not really, not too many, and. I'll say he does have a good amount of lows um, in general, in real life. And I, I can attest because we order our juice boxes on Amazon by the, <laughs> by the, case. By the pack. It's, yeah. So I know we've gone through probably 500 juice boxes in the last year based on, you know, our order history. What do you call, um, what's in, what number are we calling low in your house? Like where, well, do you, where does that juice well, box go in? It, well, I mean, his low alarm goes off at 70, mm-hmm. um, and I'd probably give him a juice box if he's heading down from there or in the 60s or down from there. Okay. Um, otherwise, it might just be like a glucose tab if he's just hanging out there. Any temp basils to get ahead of that stuff? Do you ever do that? Um, yeah, if he's now in, in real life, um, when he goes to karate or something like that, um, then I'll... I'll do temp basils, but um, a lot of times it's just he's seven and he's yeah. No, I understand. I'm not judging you. I was just wondering. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I just I have a lot of luck with uh, you know seeing something coming and temping the basil back and getting it to bounce back 
you know, with, with just that. I, I've eliminated a lot of our juice boxes in the last couple of years being more active with basal rates. So Yeah, and that's something I probably want to work work on a little bit well, more. Well, after you stop being an unpaid employee of every uh, ins- uh, <laughs> insulin pump company in the world. But, uh, but okay, so they really pushed him for two weeks. And I'm sorry, in that, that beta bionics test, that had glucagon in it or no? No, it, it did not. It was insulin only. Um, and it was the Gen 3. So if you... If anybody's interested, you can check on the Beta Bionics website. They have pictures of, you know, the different um, pumps and how it's changed. And so it was a little bit bigger and bulkier. We saw the Gen 4. They showed it to us. Um, and it's a lot smaller. It, like, char- recharges wirelessly and stuff like that. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, but we didn't get to use that one yet. So I think that's, you know, maybe coming. But um, we used the Gen 3, and um, it was insulin only. But that is why, I mean, I know some people say, well, I don't see the point of, like, having this stable glucagon. or the. But for for a, a little kid who sometimes their blood sugars are a little bit more unstable just because they are, you know, there's, there's so many variables. Um, then it, I think it would help for to catch some of those lows, right, right. rather you know, and eliminate some of those some of those juice boxes. Um, yeah, of course. No, I, I I don't see how it could hurt, honestly. And so your so right, what they were testing was their algorithm, because mm-hmm. they because they're they're shooting to make a, a a device that not only tries to avoid highs and lows, but if you do get low can give you a, an infusion of this glucagon like in little bits to, to kind of nudge you back up again. Uh, but that wasn't part of what you were doing yet. And so there, did they give you any feeling for how far from market they feel like they are? Well, I know that um, we're scheduled to do the second phase of that study With the in 2019. Um, so we, we should be able, we should get that, from what I heard, and it's not mm. po- not sure yet, but sure. that that Gen four um, with the glucagon in, as the second phase of the study in in 2019. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to say not this year, probably <laughs> maybe next year. You know, usually I think after they get that, because I know with the Medtronic after we did that part of the study for the pediatrics, it did get approved for pediatrics pretty quickly after that. Um, so you Within were sort of, of you were sort of the end of the of the line to get it. Yeah, that was through. like the last thing they were. Yeah, they were doing. So yeah. I I would I imagine maybe it's similar, but yeah. I mean, I guess if they get the data back, they need. I was just um, I'm gonna sound stupid because I can't think of the name of the company off the top of my head. But I've been having some contact with a company who makes um, who who is bringing a stable glucagon to market, one that mm-hmm. doesn't have to be constituted and and you know. And, and doesn't go bad and, and that kind of thing, uh, you know, very quickly. Um, I mean, listen, it's it's a great idea. If it works, it's a great idea. You, you know, ab- absolutely. There's a time years ago where all talk of artificial pancreas was that it would make decisions about your blood sugar based on a, you know, a CGM. But back then it was, you know, one day when the CGMs work well enough and it would have glucagon in it to bring you back up if you got low. Every conversation from every company included that idea. It wasn't until, I don't know what, until they either decided the glucagon 
stability wasn't going to come to market quickly enough, or maybe mm-hmm. they started having better luck with their algorithms and thought they could control the insulin better and, and, and stay away from lows like that. I don't know what it was exactly, but then a lot of them got away from it, moved forward, but beta bionics stayed, stayed the course with the idea of glucagon and, and an algorithm. So it's cool. I listen, options are fantastic. So, you know, I let them all do their best and get it out there so we can give it a try. Um, if the beta bionics one was available right now, as you saw it without the glucagon, would you use it over what you have? I think, I think we would because, um, it did have the advantage of, of working with the Dexcom. So there's, you know, that kind of solves some of the issues we had with the, with the Medtronic system. Mm-hmm. Um, it is still a tubed pump. So there's, you know, definitely some drawbacks to that as far as, I mean, as far as I'm concerned as the parent, um, Jasper didn't seem to mind it too much, but I, I think he prefers a little bit not to have a tube pump. Um, I definitely prefer in terms of, you know, not having to, to disconnect for bath and swimming and all that stuff. We, we live in Florida, we go to the beach or the pool a lot. So I, you know, I kind of do prefer not to have to disconnect, but, um, I, I definitely would try it. And I think that the advantages of, having that ability to let go of some of the things like the, the carb counting and just like having to remind him, you know, like, wait, hold on, you can't eat yet. You know, I need to bullish you for that and, and things like that. And some of those little everyday things that would maybe lift the burden um, would be worth it. And I know that's what, what they want too. So um, I, I would love it. And I'm looking forward to the next part of, of the trial when we get to try it again, as, as well as, you know, other things that are coming out. I'm just excited about the competition and the different options that are going to be out there. Everything that's, you know, been announced with Omnipod and um, Tidepool, the, the loop app, whatever, you know, might come of that when we see that happen. I mean, I'll, I'll try whatever, you know, I, I like whatever your attitude. makes my kid happy, whatever makes his life easier, whatever, you know, makes it um, a little bit less of, something that he's going to have to think about because he, he's only seven in second grade. And so he really doesn't, you know, probably think about it as much as I do right now or as, as his dad does. Um, and I'm hoping that he won't have to. Yeah. No, I, I, well, first of all, thank you for doing this because it does not sound easy. It sounds like a big time suck. You're not getting paid a bunch of money or anything like that. And it is helping everyone. So I appreciate that you, that you're doing it. Um, and I agree with your sentiment too. I, I think that, you know, whatever they're all working on, the best they can do is I want to say it and I want to have an option of it. I, you know, I really do. I'm, I'm, it makes me excited for, like you said, like what is Omnipod doing right now? And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, what does all that mean? Like, what is it they're shooting for? Like, are they in a super lab somewhere trying to make it user definable and, and, you know, lower and is their algorithm, you know, better than someone else's algorithm? Like, I, I can't wait to find out. It, none of it can be bad news. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And did the, so I want to kind of ask you just more from an emotional standpoint, before you saw this stuff, were you more excited about it than you are now that you've seen it? No, I'm more excited now because, um, we've tried it. I know what the capabilities are Mm -hmm. and I know that it's only going to improve 
Um, I know that there's more companies, you know, more things out there that are going to be good options. So I'm really excited. And I know that we just had New Year's, it just turned 2019, but I'm excited for 2020 because that seems to be when everybody's shooting for, you know, keep hearing from whether it's Horizon or whatever that it's going to be 2020. So I'm excited to see what the announcements are this year, see what does come out and, you know, what's going to come out next year. And um, I'm hopeful that you know these are going to be things that that make our kids lives easier yeah no everybody absolutely i i agree i can't wait like do more stuff make it better you know i think uh dexcom was talking the other day about their their project that's you know making the their sensors much much smaller and you know i you know changing a lot about how it is structurally i think it's going to be um yeah, disposable at some point, like you know what I mean. Yeah, like I just it, saw those pictures yeah. with of the Verily, the Verily and it's going to be tiny. So that's that's awesome. And you know, I definitely the the trials. Like I'm not not trying to you know put any of the, the companies down. I think the trials are what we learn from. You know, and and they're maybe not perfect systems yet, but mm-hmm. um, that's that's how they're going to improve. That's how they get better. It's all this feedback, and even when they do get approved on market, like they're not going to be perfect. We know that, you know, the, the Dexcom G6 rolled out and, and people had issues with getting supplies or, you know, with this and that. And, and so Dexcom's going to take that and learn from it, I'm sure. And so it always happens with a new product where, you know, it's not going to be the final version of it when yeah. it comes out of the gate, if that makes sense. So I think it's, you know, it has to get out there. It has to get used by real people in the real world. And it has to, you know, go through trial by fire and um, get improved in order to make improvements and for them to have that data. Especially in a niche market, which I know you don't, people might not think about it that way because you have diabetes or your kid has diabetes, but there aren't that many people in the world who have, who need an insulin pump. So right. these are, you know, Medtronic's the bigger one of all of them companies, but a lot of these companies are very small. They're small companies, you know, it's even yeah. Dexcom who's now starting to have financial success didn't, until very recently. And it's a smaller company that's growing. Omnipod's a smaller company that's growing. Um, I just, I, I saw somebody online the other day complaining about a, a device. I don't, it doesn't matter which one it was. And they were like, it should do this. It should do that. They shouldn't let this happen. I was like, you should be happy that these people are in this business because <laughs> yeah. you know, you're like, this is not, a, um, you know, the whole world's not clamoring to be in the insulin pump game yet you know like like we're or in the cgm market like be happy that there's somebody out there who thinks that this is a viable business and is trying to make something that's going to help your life dancing for diabetes is for those living with the daily reality of type 1 diabetes they offer supportive community interactive programs and creative resources designed to empower you to live a healthy life dancingfordiabetes.com. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. Right, because we've lost several pump companies over the last couple of years, you know, so I mean that it definitely could go the other way where we have less choice and I'm I'm hoping that instead we're going to be able to have more, you know, more. Right, right. Yeah, what you don't want is for these people who are, you know, are just CEOs and business people trying to make a business for them to just go, you know what, just use your insulin pen. Good luck. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, I'm going to go make money selling something else because you're not, because they're not selling televisions. Like, right. Like everybody doesn't have three of them in their house. That's an easy right. business to make money with, you know, selling somebody a glucose monitor or an insulin pump. That's a, 
that's a different game. It's a it's a niche market, and and beyond it being a niche market, not even everyone in the niche market uses an insulin pump. So it's not like it's not like there's you know three million people with type one diabetes, and I get to sell every one of them my product. Like I you know right. It's I don't know. I'm thrilled that there are people involved in it that that are um, very much now seem focused on it. They seem they seem like there are people in the company who have diabetes and that they have a personal stake in it. You, you know, like maybe one of the most exciting things Shacy ever said when she was on talking to me from Omnipod is that her dad has diabetes. Like, you know what I mean? Like she's, I'm sorry for her father, but she's, she's tied to it. Like she's, she's not personally invested. Yeah. yeah she's and that's not just a CEO a trying to make companies. money. Right, right. Right. With beta bionics, you know, Ed Domino started doing this because his son was diagnosed, exactly. you know, and that was his, his goal was to get it, you know, ready for when his son went to college, which he is in college now. And they're, they're so close. So, yeah. you know, I know that. They a lot, and that's true in a lot of the, these different companies that people oh yeah either Same have for type or no, and Bigfoot and like yeah Bigfoot all, all of them like, like and that's what you want you want somebody who isn't just going to hit the first like roadblock or the finances aren't going to look kind of shaky and they're just going to go oh forget it you, you know they they need to want to stay in it for you know for good reasons then those reasons are going to help you and my daughter and your son and a lot of other people so. I'm thrilled by it. I just don't – sometimes I think people are spoiled. Like, like you know, they're just – I think sometimes it would be nice if they all had to boil their urine to find out what their blood sugar was. <laughs> right, like, and my, the glass syringes. Yeah, yeah, might calm everyone down a little bit when they're like, this doesn't work the way they said. I'm like, yeah, calm down. <laughs> it, worked yeah. The, it worked the way they said for, you know, uh, you know, 13 or 14 days and, and, you know, for two hours on one day it stopped working and you're upset. Like, this isn't your – you know what I mean? Like it's not. But also give that feedback to the company. Don't just complain about it on social media because the more they get those reports and that feedback of what the issues are, where the pain points are, then that then their research teams are going to focus on that. I send those little exactly. like troubleshooting reports to Dexcom all the time, you know, because I figure they're going to want to know if it's not working or if this, you know, something is an issue, they're going to want to know. So if we have a pod fail, I'll call Omnipod, not because I necessarily need a new one that day, but because I think that they need that data, you know, in order to improve their product. Yeah, a company needs to know the difference between a one-off problem and something that that's happening consistently, mm-hmm. and so that they can say, "All right, we have to." Like again, I said again, I said they're small companies. How how we're going to need to divert some of our attention to this issue over here because we're seeing it enough to know that it's an issue, mm-hmm. and not just one random person calling up being like, "This thing didn't do what you said it was going to do." And and it, you know, plus, listen, this stuff. You know, one of the goals of all this stuff needs to be ease of use. But there are people, you see it online all the time, they're complaining, like, this thing doesn't do it. And when you follow with it, I'm like, you're not even using it correctly. Like, how yeah. do you, uh, you know, like, you want it to work, you're not even doing it right. Like, and, and, then, and then they don't see themselves as a fault. They're like, this thing doesn't work. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's like if you took a hammer and tried to screw in, you know, a screw in with it, and then you called the hammer company up, and you're like, I was trying to <laughs> screw in a screw with your hammer, and it didn't work. This thing's it junk. It didn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it just, it's very interesting the whole thing. So obviously, these companies' goals are to make it, you know, failure-proof, like so that you can't mess up. And look at all the effort that goes into it. I mean, listen to what Rachel's been talking about. Like, like these, you know, between the Medtronic and the Beta trials, like they got the kids all over the place. They're trying to figure out how do I make this work better. And it's it's an absolutely exciting time. If you're not excited by this, 
I don't even know what to say to you because this is <laughs> this is as cutting edge as diabetes um, living with diabetes has ever been. So I'm 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 all jacked up. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk to somebody who came out of the Omnipod trial. Like yeah, I just I can't wait definitely. to like, like hear about that and, and whatever else is coming. So if anybody else is out there doing this stuff, let me know. I'd love to hear more about it. And can I add? So one more thing I wanted to mention. Um, we also have done TrialNet, and so if if people listening don't know, TrialNet um, is a blood test that screens for the antibodies that indicate you might be at risk for type one. They offer it to the immediate family members of usually a child with type one. So parents or siblings who are over 18 can get screened once, I think, for free. And then the siblings who are under 18 can get screened every year until they reach 18. So Jasper has two brothers. And when we first heard about TrialNet, you know, we were a little bit split on it. My husband and I discussed it and we like, do we do this? Um, I thought it'd be good information to have. And I also, just like we've been saying, we want to help the research just in general, right? Mm. Even if we didn't necessarily need the information, we give them data. Um, he kind of felt like, well, what if, what if they have the antibodies? What do you do with that information? You, you can't do anything about it. And I hear people say that sometimes, like, why would you want to know? Because you can't do anything to prevent it. But that's not really true because there's a lot of research and clinical trials right now going on focused on delaying the onset uh, or preventing the onset of type 1. And you can only do those if you're one of those people who have the antibodies, but you haven't been, you don't have clinical symptoms yet, right? You haven't been diagnosed. So those are the people they're looking for and they find them through trial net. So I would put a plug out there for people if they have the option to do the trial net um, I know right now they're doing one with this drug that they actually do use for other autoimmune diseases already. I think that's used like for lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, and they're seeing if it can prevent or delay the disease progression. So it's, there is something you can do if you get results back that you or your kid has the antibodies. And um, that's really the only way they can find those people who are newly or not even diagnosed yet is through that screening and testing so yeah i'm trying to look real quickly trialnet has been on the show um and i'm trying to tell you figure out real quick what episode two i have so many episodes they were on episode 52 um and dr greenbaum who runs trialnet was on to talk about you know all the benefits of it my son has done it um it is really I mean, there's that argument in there, right? You're what, what, you know, the one you just voiced, like, would I rather not know it's coming or know it's coming? But like you said, now there's, they think that they can either slow or stop the onset of diabetes. If that's what they're working towards, if you have three kids and one of them's got genetic markers that says they're going to have type one one day, I mean, I'd want to know and get involved and try to stop it. So, um, look at you, you really are a good person, Rachel. How is that? <laughs> and you don't have much of a Florida accent at all. No, I like I said, I'm from Boston, mm-hmm. but I've been in Florida about 20 years now. So I heard it once or twice, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't yeah. overwhelming. That was very nice. Good for you. <laughs> uh, I would love to come down there sometime. Um, and you were talking about uh, friends for life. I always my kids played so much baseball and softball in the summer that I never could get down there. But I think my life is is opening up a little bit where it might allow me to do things during the summer. So yeah, you should yeah. come. It's really fun. Even my non-type 1 kids 
enjoy it. They After we went the first time, they were like, are we going to go back next year? Because it's at Disney, too. I mean, that's a bonus. So Yeah, I mean, you know. listen, these kids are used to being stuffed in a tent. So anything really you do <laughs> indoors is probably exciting. No, no. My husband and I both <laughs> used to work for Disney. So they used to go all the time. And so they definitely, you know, they're they're not um, sheltered from, from that. But they, they really had a good time. And anybody who doesn't know can check out the children with diabetes website or just look for friends for life Orlando and get some information. It's a good time. Very cool. Hey, so can I ask you before you go, what did you used to do for Disney? I was a zookeeper, an animal keeper at the Disney animal kingdom lodge. No kidding. Yeah. So I took care of our giraffe and all our stock and birds over there. That's cool. What, what, what like did you do in your life that made you, I don't know, the right person to take care of a giraffe? Um, I studied, I studied biology and wildlife management. And when I moved down to Florida to work for Disney, um, I actually wanted to work in their stables. You know, they have all the horses there that are in the parades and different yeah. things like that. Um, but there weren't, there weren't any openings there. And I just started working in like the, I was kind of an intern in the animal husbandry department. Um, and then I got hired on at, at the lodge. So it was it was a really fun time. Is that where you met your it. husband? I met him at Disney. Yeah, he was doing a different job, but I did meet him at Disney. Look at you. It's a wonderful world. Okay, so <laughs> that's really, and now neither of you work there anymore. We don't. We have a couple of our family members still work there. My brother-in-law still works there and, and uh, my cousin, but. Look at you. Very nice. Yeah. This is excellent. Do you have your own pet giraffe now? I wish. Well, <laughs> homeowners association won't let me, so we just. <laughs> It's the only thing holding you back. A couple of cats and a couple of dogs. Yeah, we, we petition them. We petition them every year, and they say no, no giraffes. Sorry. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Well, I really did. You um, do you feel like we covered everything that that we should have? Yeah, absolutely. Good, good. excellent. Like filing that plug in there at the end. So. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for doing this. All right. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on and sharing your experiences with the Medtronic and the Beta Bionics artificial pancreas studies that you participated in with your child. Appreciate it. Let's also take a second to thank Dexcom, Omnipod, Dancing for Diabetes, and Real Good Foods for sponsoring the show. You like the show? They did it. They're paying for it. If I, you know, (laughs) I mean, you don't know my life, but... uh, This podcast takes up a lot of time, and if I wasn't making some money doing it, uh, my wife would, um, you know, uh, I don't think she'd like it too much. That's all I'm saying. There's things to do around the house. When I'm not doing them, it's a little easier to say, I'm not doing them because I'm doing the podcast. But hey, look, the podcast, look, ads, right? It's cool. Let me keep going. Please don't yell at me. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Dancing the number four diabetes.com. And at realgoodfoods.com, you'll save 10% with the offer code juicebox. A moment ago, for humor's sake, I may have alluded to the fact that I'm scared of my wife. And I, she is not in any way. I would never say that it was just, I don't, I, I'm just, I'm scared she's going to hear this. Please. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm getting upset. <clears throat> my voice is going away. I'm fine. It's just a nervous condition. It's got nothing to do with her or the time we've spent together. I just, you know, I really appreciate that you guys understand that I have to take the ads and it's nobody's fault. There's no fault. It's wonderful. Everything's fine.